Hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. It's a very special episode this week as the majority of the cast are away on sunnier climates, so the remainder of us have decided to throw ourselves a very special Young Hanash episode. Speaking of Young Hanash, he is here. It is Mr. Chris Rag himself. How are you doing, sir? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. There you go. And it wouldn't be the same without the legendary gnome detective, Stitch Willowtip, which means we must also have a Chris Neal here. How the devil are you doing? Yes, I'm very good, thank you. Have you been practicing that voice all day? No. All right, bit of housekeeping before we go on, ladies and gentlemen. As ever, I'm duty-bound to remind you that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. What follows is mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. So without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join Raggy, Chris, and myself for this week's episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. Here we go. So we're going to pick back up where we left off with the highly successful Young Hanash episode that we had last time, which found us delving back into the childhood of everyone's favorite green friend, Mr. Hanash, when he was law enforcement in the city of Nutbush. So... Your childhood. I was going to say, you make it sound like he was a child, hey, a child hey. detective. Many say he child. is the orc version of Doogie Hauser. no he's a young man and this is set in the city of nutbush where we find him working for the local constabulary now then just to give a bit of flavor of what happened last time we met hanash with his partner the goblin detective stitch willowtip who turned out as it happened to be some sort of latent psychic with both telekinetic and uh telekinesis i believe is that right did you just say telekinetic and telekinesis? That's the same thing. I did. It's I meant telepathy. I apologise. You you had telepathy and telekinesis, didn't you? I, I just said that, but the other way around. All right, all right. There you go. Someone doesn't want any XP. I get it. I get it. So, a bit of housekeeping. We have nudged the characters along a little bit in their advancement in terms of XP from the last episode. The last episode found them tracking down a killer. They went into a tenement block and found the body, which had been ravaged by somebody, and they used their very worst detective skills to chase the perp, we will call him, down on foot. And before Hanash could gun him down in cold blood in the middle of a meatpacking district, Stitch Willow Tip smashed his skull to pulp using telekinetic powers, I believe. Yes. That sound about a fair summation? Yeah. Yes. Good. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to pick back up. Uh, we're going to say we're about a year later with our two fine detective friends. We're, we're, we're back in the, in the city of Nutbush. Now, Nutbush is a bustling city full of vibrancy, full of different cultures. It's a melting pot full of all different types of people, all mixed in together in various districts. And like all good cities, there is trouble and strife between the different districts and regions. And 
for many reasons, some of race and gender, some for religion, some just through poverty and mistrust. But where there is such a teeming melting pot, there will always need to be a police force. And that is where we pick back up in Nutbush Police Station. Now, to give you an idea of what Nutbush Police Station looks like, it is... It's a little bit like a bunker made of wood. It clearly is built to be under siege. It's built for a city that hates it. It is robust. It is tall. It is armoured. But it is rundown. As you could imagine, the police force in Nutbush are stretched within an inch of their lives. They're underpaid. They're overstretched and they're understaffed. As we come in through the front doors, we'll have a lovely montage as the front door opens as a police officer is dragging a screaming drug dealer through the front doors of Nutbush Police Station. They drag him up to the counter as he screams his innocence, spitting onto the desk as the duty officer slaps him about because, you know, the laws are flexible here in Nutbush. As we pan over the desk through the double doors at the back, we go past the cells and we go into the break room where it smells of stale coffee and mediocrity as we find our two protagonists sitting at a table sipping chipped mugs of strong brown coffee as we meet Stitch Willowtip and Mr Hanash at the beginning of the graveyard shift I'm sorry I slept with your wife <laughs> strong start, strong start. Stitch just like does the thing where his eyes because he's kind of even more blind now a year later his eyes just fucking dart around and it's just like I really wish you'd stop starting our conversations like that I wouldn't read my mind it's filthy <laughs> <laughs> your wife nasty <laughs> Just for the listeners, Raggy, did you has Hanash actually banged Stitch Willowtip's wife, or is that just banter? I don't think Stitch Willowtip has a wife. I think uh, I think this is, I think this is this is just I don't know. Maybe she died many years ago, or maybe he was never actually married. I, I think I slept with so many of the wives of police officers. I can't remember who's who's his yeah. name. There's other goblins on this police force, and you're nothing if. I wouldn't say racist, but racist adjacent. <laughs> racist adjacent. So, so just out of interest, an orc banging a goblin sounds just wrong on many levels. Like then his wife might that might not be a goblin. Like you don't have. It's true, actually. Do you know what? That was very presumptive of me. His wife might be a ginormous barbarian, fucking Goliath fighter, and that is precisely why Stitch Willowtip walks with a limp. <laughs> just. His hip was smashed, pulverized by his wife. Just mm. ground him down like a mortar and pestle. I'm walking from side to side like a penguin because they used up all my up and down. <laughs> oh, dear God. Yeah, you did this. Stitch Willow Tip has an asshole like a yawning hippo. <laughs> no, no, no. No, okay. Too far. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, you're in the break room. It is... Three in the morning, two in the morning. It's about two in the morning. It's the graveyard shift. So you you two rotate around the day shift, the night shift, and you are currently on the 
um, graveyard shift. Now, just for a bit of context, you pretty much finished work about 6 p.m. You went home, you had a little nap, you got yourself a takeaway dinner at a, you know, hoiki street vendor, uh, some sort of dubious meat, street meats, and then you've just come straight back into work because basically both of you are just married to the job. As uh, your first port of call will be to the rec room where you have lockers as you both find yourself in the hustle and bustle of the rec room, you see other police officers coming and going. There's people clearly flaunting the no smoking policy because, you know, if you're not a police officer, you know, you can break the law. And you see all the usual shenanigans. You know, there's there's sort of like semi-dressed police officers wandering around in towels coming out of the showers. There's um, a couple of police officers giving each other a banter and roughhousing over a date. Uh, one of them's just been on. You see another pair of police officers using the dartboard in the corner, which has a picture of the um, police chief on it that they're aiming darts at. As you two just sit there sipping cracked mugs of coffee, trying to find the will to bring your A game. I take a. I li- I'm holding. The, I'm holding the cup with both hands, and I just say, "It's hot and brown, and it's gonna make that burrito I ate earlier fly through me like a magic missile." <laughs> God, I hate you. You hear a commotion coming from out of the double doors in the police station as there's clearly some hustle and bustle as the police commissioner bursts in through the door. Now, you see she is a career grizzled police officer. She is a gnome as well. Now, what she lacks in stature, she makes up for in power. And, and she, she, is, she, has, she has the... The room, basically, she she is outspoken, and she, uh, the police commissioner, called Jonesy, she says, Will I dip? Jonesy? Smith, get here now. It is not Jonesy to you, it is commissioner. Jonesy. I take a swing from my hip flask, and then I get up. I, I, I like, start like start muttering as I'm, like, following her down, down to wherever she's leading us, and I'm just like, one day it'll be Jonesy to me. <laughs> she turns around back at you, Willowtip, and she's like, would you like me to write you up for insubordination? Would you like me to give you a run at me? Will it be? No, ma'am. She looks at you and she says, Smith, don't think that I ever noticed that you've got a drink problem. I saw that hip flask. You need to nip that in the bud. Okay, and then I down it. Consider it nipped. (laughs) Jesus Christ. She's like, right, listen, if I didn't need you here right now, fuck you. You're only here because of your father anyway. Don't mention Paddy. She's like, get your ass over here now to interrogation room B. As she drags you across the shop floor. And on the shop floor, you see all the desks of the different police officers. And they're all hustling and bustling. And they've got all that kind of cool shit where, like, some of them have got suspects and witnesses talking to them at their desks. As you make your way through the kind of... It's it's like a bull pit as you make it all the way to the other side where you see the marked off areas for the interrogation room. So she stands outside interrogation room B. And she's like, listen, I don't want you on this case. Detective Sickles was looking after this. He has had to go home on compassionate leave. That leaves you two fuckwits to interrogate this suspect. Well, this you, is you've picked a the right, high... You've picked the right detectives, ma'am. 
Because between us, we have no compassion. <laughs> and no morals. You have no fucking sense. No brain cells. Listen, the optics on this case are not great, alright? I do not need you to blustering in. Fucking dick-slapping people left, right, and center. I saw what you did on the case before. We do not need anyone dying by telekinetic powers inside the police station. Do I make myself clear? Yes, but outside the police station is totally cool. Got, gotcha. That's what, what I What you do outside of the police station is different. Intimidating witnesses by pushing a gun into their ass crack is not interrogation, Smith. Okay, ass crack off limits. All other orifices on limits. <laughs> on limits. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that, Smith. Now listen to me, because I'm only going to say this once. This is a high-profile case, and if we get this wrong, the optics are terrible. There's been a kidnap. Now, as you know, the Tactabaxi community here in Nutbush is fraught. They are settlers. And there has been problems, there have been upheavals, there have been reprisals, there have been hate crimes. Currently, there is a missing tabaxi kitten. It's being kidnapped. That kitten is called Dropsy. Dropsy Turpentine. As you look over to the right, you see... You see a tabaxi couple. You see a male tabaxi and a female tabaxi who are crying. The uh, male is crying onto the female shoulders. As you look back over at the double glass in the interrogation room B and you see a big burly orc sitting there currently looking around grinning he knows that it's double way glass and he knows that he's being watched and he just looks far 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 too confident as Commissioner Jonesy says Dropsy Turpentine went missing 24 hours ago and the first 24 hours are golden in a case like this that little shit in there that's a local journalist he likes to peddle hate crime. He has links to violence in the local community. He has a record of assault and battery and hate speech. You might know him. He wrote the leaflets called Fuck the Fur and Any Tale is a Fail. You've probably heard of him. His name is Jarl Thwaptwatter. That's a, that's a really long-winded way of saying Alex Jones. I don't know who Alex Jones is, but he sounds like a cunt. As she, she's like, you will interrogate Jarl Thwaptwatter. You will get the information out of him. You will find out if he is connected to this case. And if he is connected to this case, I need you to get Dropsy back. Do you see that lady over there? As she points to the, the tabaxi couple. She's like, that is the parents. That is Turk Turpentine. He is a local builder and contractor. And that is his wife, Amber Turpentine. You may know her, she's running for local mayor. So, you can see how this is a political shit stain. The optics on this are FUBAR. Do not, under any circumstances, fuck this up. If that child dies, so does your careers. Do I make myself clear? Yes, ma'am. Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Such different vibes from both of us. <laughs> We both answered in the affirmative, but in two wildly different ways. I like the idea that Hanash has just come out from the shower and he's still just wearing a towel. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only covering his top half. He's fully, like, Donald Ducking it. He's fully Donald Ducked across the police. No, basically, both of you, if it wasn't abundantly clear, in Praisey, a tabaxi kitten has been kidnapped. That 
Kitten was kidnapped 24 hours ago and is missing. The closest link to the case is a local hate crime journalist, an orc called Jarl Swaptwatter, who has been brought in and questioned. Unfortunately, the lead on the case, Detective Sickles, has had to leave on compassionate leave, and you two fuckwits are the next best police officers in line during the graveyard shift. They would wait till morning, but every hour counts. They've almost gone past the sort of golden period of getting a lost child back. Before we go into the interrogation room, do we know, like, roughly, just from, like, hearing about other cases and stuff, when you were talking about, like, crimes between other races and genders and, like, areas of the community, was there any particular groups that were, like, targeting tabaxis? The tabaxis have, in Nutbush, got themselves a reputation as transient settlers if that isn't an offensive term. They are the latest of a set of communities to come and settle in Nutbush. Now, in Nutbush, there are many proud heritages. You know, as ever, there's dwarfs who've worked in the local mines and the orcs, and there are people who can count generations back of being um, what are called bushers, the uh, the local Nutbush settlers who are called the bushers. They, however, are settlers. Now, that's not to say that they're not hardworking. They are incredibly hardworking, but they're new blood. And what's probably irked them more is that there are some high-functioning and driven members of the tabaxi community, much like Amber Turpentine, who have enough about her to make a very good run for mayor. And so the more, how would you say, narrow-minded members of the Nutbush community don't particularly like this. And so you have voice pieces for local, like, hate crime shit ranks such as Yarl Thwap Twatter. All right. I'm going to turn to Honash and say, well, my friend, how do you think we should play this? I think we should be, like, on his side, like... We could do good cop, bad cop. I've never heard of this strategy before, but I, I like the sound of it. Yeah. You want to do rock, paper, scissors for who's good cop and who's bad cop? <laughs> As is customary. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so whoever who, wait whoever wins is bad cop. Okay, okay. So we we turn to we so we go we go to the door to the interrogation room and we literally just turn to the like on the count of three. One, two, three. Ah, you scissors. <laughs> we both got scissors. scissors. We both got scissors the first time. One, two, three. <laughs> And now we've both got a rock for the audience. This will be the next 60 Commissioner minutes. Commissioner Jonesy is still standing next to you. As Commissioner Jonesy is like, is there any chance that you two could stop fucking about and actually get in there and rescue the child? It's all a process, man. It's <laughs> a process. Don't you worry. We'll have that child back. Yes, so is my peptic ulcer. And it's hurting. Well, I know what that's like. <laughs> These old bones, if they could talk. <laughs> Ma'am, you might not want to be around for this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get nasty. I just fart real loud. <laughs> <sighs> oh, dear God. Jesus Christ, I can't just retire Willow Tip. You fucking degenerate. I fully don't hear it. I, I'm, I'm fully focused on rock pippuses. <laughs> Everything else is gone. <laughs> And she just turns around and just skulks off back into the bullpit. Mm. Always a pleasure. The bullpen, even. Not the bullpit. What am I talking about? 
Ah, I won. I'm okay. good cop. Okay. So I'll I'll go in and start with good cop, and then you come in with bad cop. Yeah, I yeah. Think, I think that works. I'll 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 just like potter over to the to the two way uh, glass. Glass. Yeah. 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 I, I bring in a water okay. with me. Yeah. As is customary. Sparkling or mineral? Brown. It's coffee. So yeah, come in. So as you as you go into interrogation room B, now the things you notice about the police station is it is run down, it is well used, it hasn't been serviced in a long time. As you open the door, the door to interrogation room B is half jammed as you have to like shoulder barge it to open it. But you're aware of that. You've been in the interrogation room many times over. As you slam the door open, Jarl Thwapthwatter jumps in his chair as he looks over, almost losing his composure for a second as he then settles back into his overly fucking confident demeanour that you find so insulting as he looks over at you and gives you a shit-eating grin. Y'all, nice to meet you. I'm a huge fan. I brought you some brown water. <laughs> Not your fan, mate. Not your fan. Not my fan? What do you know about me, pal? I know your daddy got you this fucking job. Yeah, you did. I love daddy. Yeah, well, you keep that to yourself, you fucking degenerate. I can't have said it. We've got now. enough problems with our <laughs> fucking green skins fucking turning on each other. So basically, Yarthwapwata is 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 every inch an alpha orc. He is bullish and aggressive. He's got two massive tusks sticking up out of like a massive underbite. As one of the tips of the tusk has snapped off and been replaced with like a metal tip. The, the orcish equivalent of a grill, I suppose. As he's got a piece of bone just drilled through uh, the septum of his nose and various kind of rings and bangles. He's scarred and tattooed and just generally looks like the kind of guy you wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley on a late night. Uh, I, I can say, no, seriously, I'm a huge fan. Like, I've read, I've, I've read all your leaflets. Like, fuck the fairies and all that. It's it's great stuff. And I'm on your side. But uh, I think this is going to come back to bite you. I think you need to kind of let us let us step in and kind of get you out of this. I think you kind of got yourself a bit too deep. And you need to kind of, we need to help you get out of this bind. What do you say? Why would I want to take advice of someone who fucking sold out? Sold out? You said, well, was, yeah, I'm living the dream here, aren't I? Fucking great. I got the jackpot by selling out here, dick. I don't mean that. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Those <laughs> He's like, I'm getting mixed messages here. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Let me stop mixing them. I love you. I won't be friends. As he takes out another pamphlet, which he just puts in front of you, as he's like, I'm not into that. Look, I'm very narrow-minded. The world is very two-dimensional. It's my little way and my little echo chamber, or you can stick this up your fucking ass." as he just gives you a middle finger with, with like, the veiniest, like, most muscular middle finger you've ever seen with a cracked, dirty nail on the end of it. I say, well, no, it's something you haven't sent me mixed messages as I like, turn around and like pull my pants down a little bit. Outside the interrogation room, uh, Stitch is just like smoking a cigarette and just like, 
really is beautiful to watch a master of the game at work. <laughs> Jonesy comes past and she comes through the fucking purple cloud of smoke and vapour that you've created, coughing, as she points at the no smoking sign on the wall and is like, Willow Tip, fucking huff it up. Get in there and stop cunting around and save their child as she points over to Amber and uh, Turk, who are just still crying. I walk over and stub the cigarette out on the no smoking sign. And I just put, I just like very gently like tap my finger on the, uh, on the glass and say, wait for it. It's almost time. <laughs> He's almost ready. Jesus H. Christ. You are not helping my hemorrhoids, Willow Tip. As we pan back inside the, the room with Anash. So I kind of try and, you know, get a bit more leeway with, leeway with this guy. Like, so, like, mm. how can we work together? Like, I didn't sell out, you know. I just did what I had to do. You do what you have to do. I'm all for it. But, you know, it's gone a little bit too far. I think we can both see that. So what do you say, pal? I love your tusks. Where do you get that grill? Hmm. Make me a persuasion check. Five. That's a twelve. Not, oh. a, not a twenty. Roll, uh, no. roll, roll that one. Eighteen. Woo! Sometimes fate is on your side. There you go. Eighteen. As he looks over, he, he at first he looks at you disparagingly with real kind of malice, but then you flattered him. He's a man of some vein and ego, as he's like, yeah, they love a tusk. Tusk love. <coughs> as he flexes his bottom jaw like a bit like somebody doing the gun show but he's using his like jaw you just see muscles rippling up and down his jawline as he's like so come on tell me more mr lawman how are we gonna work together we go we gotta get the kid back i mean that's you know that's do you know anything about it do you like do you have heard anything on the street whether who might be you know who might have taken this kid or anything that we can work with what kid? You dragged me out of my bed in the middle of the night. You roughed me up. I'd like to cast detect thoughts as he as he says that. Ooh, right. Okay. Uh, so, what, what kind of wisdom saving throw do I need to make? Hang on a second. So I learn. I learn the surface thoughts automatically. If I want to probe deeper, then they have to make a wisdom saving throw. So the surface thoughts are <laughs> anger, pride. Flattery. He's very flattered by Hanash, and he is worried. He's 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 concerned for sure. He's putting on a, a brave face. There's a lot of bravado, but underneath, he's compensating for something. Okay, I'm gonna try and dig deeper. He needs to make a wisdom saving throw and beat a thirteen. Otherwise, he's mine. He's mine. <laughs> Fourteen. Oh, oh man. Okay, cool. I'll I'll wait and see what he says to Hanash. He's looking at you, Hanash, from one side of a desk to another. He's been here so many times. He's been woken up in the middle of the night and dragged down the police station more times than he cares to remember. That's not to say he's not concerned. He's clearly a man who's carrying secrets. He's clearly a man who's got his fingers dirty and bloody, living by the principles. Even flawed as they are, he's had to do things he knows are wrong. Uh, I say to him, like, yeah. As he just stares at you, he's like... Okay. I'm just saying, he, he's looking at you. You can't tell whether he knows why he's here or he believes anything. He's just 
He's just stalling for time, basically. Um, I say, you know, any information you can give us about this, you know, tobacco child, you know, we we can protect you, you know, if, if you got in too deep, we can help you with that, or like we can give you, you know, a certain level of immunity, you know, we know it's probably not, you know, if you were involved, it probably not entirely your fault, you know. We just want to help you and help this child. What do you say, Tusky? I feel like you're just trying to entrap me. What? Who would I need protection from? You tell me, pal. At that point, uh, Stitch is gonna is gonna walk in with as <laughs> with as much physical authority <laughs> as he can muster in the room. He's gonna like push the door open, but it's probably like a little <laughs> that, that escapes from his lips as he like now now, the door open. now Stitch the door is jammed as we already established. Hanash had to shoulder barge it to open it. Did he? You're tiny. So, so, yes, so yes, I, yes. I hear the knocking and I open it up. I'm like, oh, you're in trouble now. <laughs> as, as you just see a little goblin trying to shoulder barge a door <laughs> as Hanash just, you know, gives it the old jimmy and, and opens the door. As a cloud of purple smoke comes billowing into the room from... Stitch Willow Tips foul roll-ups. He's already got another cigarette in, in his hand by the time the door closes. Just, thank you, young detective. I'm just going to slowly shuffle over, grab another chair from the side of the room and drag it along the floor so it makes as much noise as possible to put it next to Hanash's chair. And then... <coughs> <sighs> As Jarl Thwapdwatter looks over at you, Hanash, and is like, what the fuck's this? Bring your kid to work day. He's clearly very old, sir. <laughs> oh, just looking for a place to, to nap. <laughs> Jesus H. Christ, look, you can only hold me for a certain amount of time and then you have to release me. Also, no one's offered me a fucking lawyer yet. Hmm... Not really how it works. Uh, not in not in this town. Well, you would know, wouldn't you, old timer? That's right, sir. I've been in this town for fifty years. So, are you going to charge me with something, or are you going to fucking release me? Because you know, I've got a short dated yogurt in the fridge at home, and it's getting dangerously close to going over. You seem like a very, a very hateful man. There's been a lot of hate. It's probiotic. There's been a lot of hate going around these days. It's amazing what it can do to such a nice, a nice community, wouldn't you say, Hanash? Yes. <laughs> tap tap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's wrong? The cat got your tongue, Smith. I just know you're going to help us out. I don't want, you know, I don't want old man to go too harsh on you. Because, like, I know you're going to, you know, sort us out here. He just looks at you. He's like, look, charge me with something or fuck off or put me back in the cells. I really don't care. I just want to get home. The Great Bush Bake Off is on. I never miss <clears throat> an episode of The Great Bush Bake Off. Uh, Stitch is going to take out uh, take out his notepad and just So much fine. yeast. <laughs> So much brown water and yeast. Why would you enjoy this? Um, <laughs> just uh, take out a notepad and say, fine, as you will. Uh, one charge of spreading hate speech 
Another charge of impeding a police investigation. Oh, I don't know, baby. I mean, that's you looking at maybe a year of jail time already. You know you can't make any of that stick. If you could have made any of that stick, you wouldn't be having this fucking conversation, you fucking whelp. Don't call me a whelp, young man. The only reason you're still sitting in this room is because we want the information that you have. If you're no use to us, you'll go right to fucking jail. I'm not sure that's how the legal process works. It does in my town. <laughs> Steady on, old time. Stitch just leans back in the chair and then goes, oh, my back. Oh. You're just annoying him at this point. He's closing down rapidly. He's putting up barriers. I stand up and slam my hands on the table. I say, look, you can either give us information here and not get broken bones, or you can give us information outside of here and get broken bones. Make me an intimidation check. Very exciting. Do I have a modifier? I hope so. I think so. Yes. 13. 13. You've got his interest. He was starting to become slightly disenfranchised with this whole debacle but you've piqued his interest he, he's a man who deals in violence and anger and you've met him on a level he understands you're not going to get through to this guy through rhetoric or reasoning he is a man of base anger and rage and you've just spoken his language can i um can i make an insight check sure what, what are you hoping to gain insight on before you do that um, I'm uh, wondering out of the two options of letting him stew here or um, perhaps maybe maybe getting Hunash to send him into a cell for the night and maybe see if there's a see if there's a way that I can get Hunash alone with him um, to work his to work his magic with him, which would be the better option. Okay. Ah, that's a that's a big old eight. You. Look at him, just weighing him up, mentally putting him in scales and, and, you know, trying to break him down and compare him to a lifetime's experience in dealing with criminals. As from his point of view, he just looks at you, he's like, Smith, tell the goblin to stop eye-fucking me. It's unnerving. You think that's unnerving? Tell us your information now, and you'll get a much more lenient sentence if you're you're culpable and you're helping us, then we can go down this road. But you don't want to go past this road, mate. It's not going to be good. I mean, not good like what? Not good... Not... What What are we looking at here? You've got nothing on me. We wouldn't be having this conversation if you had anything on me. Have you seen what happens to... I, I put on, like, the most her- horrified expression that I can make and, and just say, <laughs> you know what happens to handsome young goblin men... Who, handsome young orc men who go into the cells overnight. Those communal cells, they're a place of darkness, my boy. Pure rage, terror, and rapists. (laughs) 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 That, That got dark first. He stands up and he pulls up the side of his shirt and you see a long scar that runs all the way across his stomach. He's like, I've been in the cells. I've taken my licks. You do not scare me. 
Now either charge me with something or fuck off. To be fair, you are all bluster and no substance, so you probably don't have anything to do with it, I guess. Right, you are my green friend. Just, um, just going to hop off my chair and start waddling what, towards hang on. the door. What does he mean? No, no. You you said it. You either you either go to jail or you give us the information that we know you have. No, uh, I'm, not I'm you. Waiting you the door fucking geriatric smear. I'm talking about the fucking orc. What did he just say? I said you're a little bitch, and your grills are fake. That's that's tinfoil, motherfucker. Make, make me an intimidation check. Ah. <laughs> uh, what was it, two? Uh, it says six. Six. He stands up and he beats the desk with one fist. As you see, one of the legs of the t- of the table kind of like just slightly bow as he's like, this is real dentistry. And you gave that table a real boo-boo. You must feel <laughs> real big. <laughs> Put into the table, you idiot. Stitch just giggles off to himself in the corner. <laughs> you tell him. I don't like this. He, he's like getting this. more and more wound up. You see the vein on the side of his forehead is starting to bulge. He really doesn't mind being accused of stuff, but he doesn't like being belittled. We should really talk to the mastermind, uh, your buddy on this, you know. like uh, I'm sick of talking to like, the puppet. Like We need to just go past you, I think. I just Yeah, as Hanash says that, I just say... Yes, let's go talk to the other one. Yes. Yes. Um, and I just... The other one? What, what are you talking about? Uh, never mind, mate. We'll put you in the cell and we'll go chat to the other person. Don't yes. worry about it. You <sighs> could have a nice day in Casa de Cop. <laughs> that one... Did you just one... say Casa del Cock? Cop, you... <laughs> Uh, oh, right. They shouldn't have told you about the rapists. Now you're getting horny. <laughs> uh, not my kind of criminal. <laughs> he's, he's like, I, I really don't. Isn't it time you retired, you fucking taint you raisin? You know what? Get, Stitch just like stops with his hand on the door and he goes, You know what? You're the third person to tell me that. And it's not even 7 a.m. yet today. <laughs> you know what I found in my travels, young whippersnapper? If people keep on telling you something, there's probably a bit of truth in it. No, if people keep telling you something, it means that you're onto something. <laughs> yeah, the only thing you're onto is prostate cancer, my friend. So, why don't you fucking go for your, like, checkup, old man? Use your free bus pass. Uh, would that prostate cancer was the only thing your friend had to say. Uh, t- turn back around to the door and then just wait for an I stand up and walk towards the door. Uh, let's go talk to the other one. Don't just leave me here, you little whelpy shits. I've got better things to do than be sitting around in a fucking police cell at three o'clock in the morning. Like what? Spreading more hate speech? It's not hate speech. It's the truth, you fucking dick splash. You, you can go at home any time. Just tell us what we want to know. Otherwise, we'll get source from, uh, other. We'll get another source. You'll go in the, in the jail, and then you'll probably stay there when we get their answers. So, you know what? Don't worry about it. Stay here. Get used to it, because you'll be here for a while. He just looks at you, 
You can see his eye twitching as you both walk out of the cell. Uh, uh, sorry, not the cell. As you both walk out of the interrogation room, you see, you can see through the double glass. His eye is twitching. You've you've definitely scared him a little bit. And I'm gonna walk out um, and wait by the um, by the double window thing, the two way two way window. Yeah, um, and wait for Hanash to to follow me out. I, I exit as well. I was, was going to put it on outside clothes, like my my coat and stuff and my hat, mm-hmm. just so when we go in again, he'll be like, "Ah, oh, they're actually going." Gonna... Yeah. Um, oh, I, was I like gonna say, it. I'll, I like it. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, maybe I'll go talk to the the, the elect, the mayoral elect, the the, the <laughs> you know what her name is, the one that the commissioner said, Amber, Amber Turpentine. Oh, maybe go and speak to her and this Turk Turpentine. This whole thing, Hanash, it stinks, it stinks, and I don't like bad smells. And there are lots of bad smells in Nutbush, but this one it stinks like crime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, putrid, stinky crime. Yes, yes. You, you give it a few minutes and then go back in there and talk to this man. <laughs> you, you, you get the, you get the truth from me. Yes, maybe, maybe I will. Yes, in the last year, this guy has gone even more insane, <laughs> even more fucking geriatric. <laughs> Um, it's, it's hard to know what's going to take him prostate cancer dementia like any of the above like syphilis he's definitely going to syphilis yeah he's going to attempt telekinesis one day and it's accidentally going to make his own head explode uh, oh be like scanners his head's just going to explode <laughs> die goblin phenomenal <laughs> 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 um, right, yeah. so what do you do? So Hanash, you're hanging out. So Hanash, as you hang out at the double glass, you see that Jarl has been there before, and he, Jarl walks up on the inside to the the inside of the double glass, and is just nose to nose with it. He knows there's probably someone on the other side staring back. He's trying to intimidate you. As Stitch, you wander over to a, a sofa, the guest sofa, the waiting room sofa is so shit smeared. I mean, it's had so much loose ass gravy over it. It's just all sorts of disheveled, the sofa. It's got fag butt burns in it and weird stains. Like, um, it's an asthma attack waiting to happen. It's, as you walk over to it, you just see a tabaxi couple holding each other for solace. Mr. and Mrs. Turpentine, may I please have a word? Yes. My name is Detective Stitch Willowtip. I'm going to be looking after the the case of your daughter. As Amber walks over to you, she's like, Have you got any leads? Yes, we are currently interrogating a young orcish man who we believe had something to do. Maybe but maybe had some links to, to what happened to your to your daughter. I'd Why? like to get some Why us? Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to, if I could, ask the two of you some questions. Okay. I suppose if it'll get our daughter back, Miss Turpentine, have you uh, in your campaign for for it's Mrs. Turpentine? The, she lifts up a ringed finger. Oh, I'm very sorry. I, my eyes, and literally, like as I'm like trying to look at her hand, <laughs> my eyes are like this. I'm like, oh, I'm very sorry. My my eyes are not quite what they used to be. Quite an old man, you see. 
you hear a sigh from Turk in the, on the sofa. It's clearly he's like thinking, oh, wow, they put their best man on the job. Yeah. Uh, can I... Um, I'm going to ask... Uh, um, in, in, in the course of your campaign to be elected mayor, have you been approached by any uh, figures, strange figures, to, to attempt to deter you from your campaign? My, my, not that I'm aware sense. of. I, I made. I've run my, I've run my campaign on a campaign against big fish, the fucking monopolization of the fish market. I've had all sorts of threats from the mongers, but they're all taught. Hmm, they're fishmongers, you say? Um, yeah. Do I know? Do I know? Um, has there been any any cases or like any reports recently of like um, organized? I don't know any kind of like organized gang coming out of like the the fishmongers district or like um, anywhere. The, 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 the fish packing district is fish packing district. <laughs> What's wrong with the fish packing district? The fish packing it's not district. The same as the meat packing district. All right. <laughs> no, it's not the same as the meat packing district. It's um. It's lower in protein, but it's it's higher in amiga oils. Um, it's um, it's very parochial. It's very family orientated, and there are often not turf wars, but a bit like the ice cream vans in any good seaside town. It's you know there's a healthy competition between the vendors and the families. Um, you don't think it would probably go as far as murder, but they yeah. don't like each other muscling in on there. So certain families, there's families who are just about row. There's certain families that are just about mackerel. There's certain families that are just about squid. There's certain families who are all about, like, um, guitar fish. Like, Google it. It's a thing. Um, so it's not going to be surf and turf wars. Damn. Pow. Uh, yeah, so so that's that's how she looks at you, as as she's like, look, please get our daughter back. Yes, yes, I believe I believe that we will. As I'm just uh, got to uh, got to make everything. Little, fit. little Dropsy must be so scared. Little Dropsy, yes. How old is your daughter, may I ask? Five. Ah, yes, a good age. <laughs> Sounds creepy. Uh, <laughs> I said a good age. No, <laughs> yeah, you said it in the most pervy way possible. A good age. I'm an old man. I was terrified. Ugh. As the bits of spittle in the corner of Stitch's mouth, you can just see the little bits of spittle. Like, um, I'm going to turn to uh, Turk Turpentine and say, um, how about you, Mr. Turpentine? May I ask you in the course of your wife's mayoral campaign. I don't suppose you were approached by anyone of ill repute. Uh, he stands up. Now, he's he's a contractor, painter, decorator. He's basically pebble-dashed. He looks like Jenna Jameson. Like, he is literally just, like, bespackled with, like, um, little white bits of paint. It's all, like, up in his hair and, like, stuck to his fur and stuff. Like... I don't get that reference. Can you can you can you go into more detail? 
He looks like a painter decorator's radio. Mm, okay. 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 He's 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 bespackled. He is um, paint flicked. He's got bits of paint and fur all in. He's clearly a grafter. Mm. As much as his his wife has built a career on political ambitions, he's built a career on being hands on and useful. Mm. Does he does he answer my question? What was your question? Sorry. You got carried away with uh, referencing a porn star and then not and trying not to provide any detail at all. Um, uh, yeah, I was asking if I was asking if uh, he had been approached by anyone to try and convince um, to try and convince his wife not to run. Um, he's he's like, look, I know we're a target, all right, with her political ambitions and our position in society i know that we're a target but nobody deserves this yes you're right we turned our back for five minutes and she was gone yes quite quite right you are nobody deserves this i understand understand the position you're in i am i am a small goblin after all it's been several several do you have children oh i did but uh, sadly, you know these things. These things don't always don't always work out. Uh, you did. Did your children die? Yes, yes, Mister Turpin. <laughs> He's not looking reassured. As both of them, both of them just start hunkering down, like crying on each other, as they're like, "Oh God, they've left us with this lunatic." He can't even look after his own children, Turk. How's he going to get tired. How will you be very careful about the next thing you say? Now I'm just going to turn around and and hobble hobble off to the to the two way mirror again. <laughs> I just turned to stage like, well, that was horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, we're going to have a quick midpoint drinks break. Um, and we will be back in a couple of minutes. So refill your drinks and I'll see you back here in a minute. Sweet! Sick. We haven't actually done what we're drinking yet. What are you drinking, Mr. Chris Neal? Uh, gin tonic. Hey. I am drinking Jam Shed. Oh, Stay juicy. Good old fruit. Stay juicy. Everyone's favourite budget red wine. <laughs> If you're trying to get lit on a budget, Jam Shed is your friend. And Raggy, you're on full fat Coke, are you? Coke Zero. Coke Zero, pal. Uh, Not even full fat, skinny Coke. I was going to get. I wanted to get some beers, but the ten minute walk up the hill seemed too outrageous. Yeah. Dear God. Fair enough. Okay. Right. So, getting hot in here. Raggy's taking off all his clothes. For the listeners, Raggy is now Donald Ducking. As we pick back up with the adventuring party, you are currently in Nutbush Police Station at what is now about 3.30 in the morning as you are trying to bust a case wide open of a missing tabaxi kitten, the daughter of the mayor electorate, Amber Turpentine. And you have in custody one Jarl Thwaptwatter who is the prime suspect as both of you stand outside interrogation room B staring through the one-way glass 
as Jarl now has his head down on the table. Napier. Are there case notes that we could look at? Are there, you know, like known associates of um, Jarl or anything? As you say this, as you think about this, um, Commissioner Jonesy comes up to you and she says, Listen, we can only keep him for another ten minutes and then we have to release him. We have had him here nearly 24 hours. So whatever you've got to do, Smith, do it. I am going home. I do not want to know what you need to do. I have been in this police station so long that I legally must now take a break, which means I am off the clock, Smith, which means in the next 10 minutes you can do whatever the fuck you deem appropriate. I do not need to know how you do it. Get the location of that kitten. That police union is really coming through for us. <laughs> as she turns, and as she goes to turn, she swings back, pulls a cigarette out of Switch's lips, puts it in her own and walks off. Oh, that's... That woman is a tornado, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Um, I go and get a fresh cup of boiling hot coffee. <sighs> And walk into, I shoulder badge my way into the into the room. As the door bangs off out of the jam, smashes against the wall, and just goes. Wanna, 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 wanna. You see Yal like sit bolt upright in shock. You see the whites of his eyes. Well, they're more bloodshot red now. But as you have one burning hot cup of coffee. So I close the door. I go grab the chair and prop it up against the handle so no one else can come in. <coughs> Sorry, before you go on, is Switch in or out? Stitch, even, sorry, Stitch, are you... Stitch is outside. Stitch is keeping guard. Stitch is outside, yeah. okay. Stitch is like a tiny little guard dog at the door, like a Pomeranian on yeah. guard. And I say, last chance, give me a name, give me a location. Last chance or what? I want to know. What's wrong, not playing nice anymore? you damn right. I brought you some coffee. And I put on the table, move it over to him, and then POW! Splashing his face. Fuck. Okay, right, you're going for his face. Yeah, man. Okay, okay. Um how are we gonna do this? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Make it's a surprise attack, so he's got very little defense against it because he didn't know it was coming. So it's gonna be I'm gonna say make me an unarmed attack. Okay. He's rolling for it. If it's a surprise one, it'll probably be an advantage, right? Yes. Yeah, I'll give you that, I would say. And I'm happy to give it to you at advantage, yes. Okay, so I'll ignore that natural one that I just got. <laughs> uh, so that's a 19. Jesus Christ. I think as you hit. lean over the desk. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't, worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah. So as you lean over to give it to him, he goes to put out his hand and you, you shithouse him as you pretend to throw it over him as you pull it back and he's like, oh, you piece of shit. As then you throw it full on in his face. As the burning hot liquid splashes over his face, you hear him scream and you see his hands go up to his eyes and already you can see the skin blistering underneath his skin as he falls back off his chair as you just see the four legs of his chair like upright as he's rolling around on the floor uh, with burning hot liquid and steam coming off his face as he's just trying to get it out of his face. I flip the table up to get out of my way and I said, give me a name! 
And then I smashed the cup next to his face on the ground. Not on his face, but right next to his face. Oh, shit. I thought it was polystyrene. Are we in a ceramic kind of... Yeah, the, the, it says... The one ceramic okay, okay. cup in the precinct. It says world's greatest son on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who it is. Oh, that's so significant. Oh, my God. You, you're not sure... You're not sure who's... I can't, I can't even tell what Mr. Neil is doing there. Mr. Neil is... Has he either gone to get a drink or he's just in such awe he's bowed down on the floor? Yeah, anyway. I just fully had a breakdown. That's amazing. <laughs> he just fully had a breakdown. So, so Hanash, you're not 100% sure who the father of the mug <coughs> is when it refers to World's Greatest Son, but you're pretty sure you've banged their wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> the problem is... Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought it was like your mug from your dad. I thought that for a second, but I was like, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Uh, that's why. Oh, I, I thought you just went into the rec room and just pulled a random mug out of the cupboard, and it was someone's. You know, I was, I was going private for mug. It was my dad's, but mm. it's cool. Right. Okay. As um, you flip the desk and you see Jarl is on the floor screaming as he takes his hands away, you just see you've burnt off his eyebrows, like. Uh, he's got third degree burns to his face as, he, as he's been scratching at his face he's pulled the top layer of skin off as uh, fluids are just kind of weeping out he's now in he's, you can see he's on the cusp of getting angry you've caught him on a precipice of shock any second he's going to flip as you get your hands under the table flip the table over as the table bounces off the wall you pick up the mug and hurl it down onto the ground next to him as it shatters bits of ceramic dig across the side of his face as you see him growling at you. Uh, he's holding one eye closed. You've clearly damaged it um, with the coffee. I get the table and I put it like onto his chest and like kneel on it so it's kind of like getting at his throat to kind of pin Jesus him down every time he, he can't attack me. I tell you what, you make me... You make me a opposed athletics check and I will give you advantage because I am on the floor with third degree burns in shock. So and he has a table. <laughs> and he has a table on my chest. Uh, 18. <sighs> Dirty 20. Ah! As you go down... I was going to say you go down on him, which would be the ultimate way of getting information out of him. As you kneel down on the edge of the table that's crushing down on his neck, as you look down at him, you see the rage um, go in him. Like, he's been controlled. Up until this point, he knew if he sat this out, he would probably just get sent home. You have met him on a level that he can't tolerate. Like, he is a man of action and violence and rage, and you've met him on that level. As you go to crush him down on the chest... You, you feel the, the desk crushing against him as, at that moment, the table collapses underneath you as the table breaks away into, like, kindling underneath you as you land on top of his chest. He picks you up by your lapels, lifts you up and slams you into the glass, the double glass. So, Stitch, from the outside, you just see the spider web of broken glass going out from the center as it's now cracked it's not shattered it's cracked uh hanash as you are now like nose to nose with him as he slammed you against the the, the glass of the window to be clear can i i can i can see through the glass on this side right not anymore you can't but i it's, could before it's so shatterproof I, I, glass you were able to it's now spider webbed out into like 
Okay. It's designed to hold, but it's it's so damaged you can barely see through it anymore. You can you can see shapes like through it, like yeah, like a steamed up window, like but you can't see what's going on. I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more round before I before I get myself in there. Cool. Before you before you what like attempt to open the door that's stiff. <laughs> You're just gonna be like eh, I've got telekinesis, eh. man. I I I know that. Oh, he, Jesus I know Christ! That he here we go. I can fling that away. <laughs> here we go. Okay. Um, so as he's got me up, I like in my head, like I'm bleeding from the lip a bit. And I just like smile at him. And I was like, "Well, you don't, you're not going anywhere now, pal. You just injured an officer in a police station. So, Evie, you work with us, or welcome to your new home, and we get to play every day." <laughs> he looks at you for a while. And you're trying to reason with him, and he's not... Is that your action? Is your action going to be talking to him, or do you want that to be your bonus action? What do you want? Um, what what do I have on me? Do I have any weaponry? Have you, have you yeah, still you got, got your police revolver on you, yeah? Yeah, I was going to say, you probably got a pistol. All right, so I You've got your badge, you got your police revolver, you've got a notebook, got a pencil, probably got a cheese sandwich in your pocket. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to get the cheese sandwich. I'm going to get the pencil out... And can I like hold an action so like if he like attacks me, I can go with him for the pencil? Like, like, of course you can. If you tell me what you want to do and what the conditions are, you can hold it here. Okay, so if he if he doesn't reason with me and goes to attack me, I want to stab him in the neck with my pencil. Absolutely. Yep. 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 Um, so I will tell you right now, he is not a man who's going to be talked with. As you try and talk him down, he grabs your tie, wraps it around your neck and goes to throttle you as you pick up your standard issue Nutbush Police HB pencil and just jam it into his throat. So both of those things are happening simultaneously. So we'll go yours first. Um, I need you to make me an unarmed attack first off. 16 to hit. 16 to hit. Um the pencil snaps off nearly it goes in and then just snaps at a point as you you've really enraged him at this point um his eyes go wide as he picks you up and throttles you with your own tie um it is i've just realized clip off as as everyone knows all police officers wear clip off ties um I can't even pretend that plays out well for him as the tie just bursts off in his hands and he falls backwards, just catching a very, very nasty cut in his neck, which is now billowing blood. Um, can my action be to kick him and then get my gun out and point at him? Or is that two action? Um, you'd, be at, you'd be at disadvantage anyway to use the weapon because you'd be at close range. Using any kind of range weapon at close proximity would give you disadvantage. I believe are the rules of D&D. As our real life, you know, using a pistol at close range is a, is a difficult thing without blowing your own leg off. It's more of a nation thing than like I'm actually going to use it, I think. Mm. Okay. Well, first off, yeah, you can close, you can bull rush him and attempt to make me an unarmed attack if you wish, yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, are you hitting him or are you just like holding the gun up? To so him? I want to kick him away from me. So he's, oh, yeah, so yeah. Like, oh like, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't, I didn't, ex- I was going to say and I didn't get around to it. He's put a bit of gap between you as, as he rocks backwards, as he pulls your clip off tie, he flings it to one side and he brings a five foot air gap between you. So you're now standing on either side of a pretty small interrogation room, to be brutally honest. They're not the biggest things in the world. 
Um, they're pretty much about the size of this office. I mean, as he steps back, so there's about five five foot air gap between you at the moment. Okay. I get out of my gun. I point at him. I say, "My dead mother gave me that tie." <laughs> Tears. Tears. As he as he looks at you, he is gonna bull rush you. So he is charging at you. Um, he's got a piece of the shattered mug in one hand as he goes to try and punch it into your temple. Um, he is going to make an unarmed attack. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, you you do that first, and I'll 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 head in afterwards. I tell you what, Tatty, Tatty, you're not Tatty, and you would be a matter of time before I called you Tatty. Uh, Stitch, you can do this simultaneously. So both of these things will happen simultaneously. So. He's going to make an unarmed attack against Hanash. Mm. He gets a 15. No dice. Mm. As he goes to swing up with... He's got basically got a piece of the mug between his fingers and his fist. As he goes to punch, you put your hand up and you grab the punch and you feel the ceramic go into the palm of your hand, but you deflect it. As you can see, the ceramic jutting out the back of your hand as you prevent it going into your own head. Uh, as Stitch uh, I'm gonna use Mage Hand on the on the chair on the other side of the door fling it away from the fling it away from the door to uh, so that I can get in um, and and then very politely use the Mage Hand to open the door handle <laughs> well, yeah, I'll probably, probably do that as well yeah uh, so that's my action to get in I'm gonna walk in so what do I what do I see now that I can see both of them clearly again was he did he try and hit Hanash yeah you see Hanash dishevelled his shirt is ripped at an angle he's missing a tie uh, he's got blood billowing off the back of his head where he's impacted into the glass as you see he's got do you know I always come back to the beginning you know the beginning of Terminator where not Terminator what the fuck am I talking about do you know the beginning of Predator where uh, Dylan and Dutch, I think it is, they do that handshake. They do that ridiculous kind of like muscle, like, you son of a bitch. Um, Pencil push It's like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that moment, except Jarl has got his fist inside, like, um, Hanash has clamped down his hand over the top of Jarl's fist. Jarl is pushing, and you see the piece of ceramic has gone clean through... Hanash's hand, but Hanash is strong enough to hold Jarl's attack as you burst through the door. Well, the door bursts through and you limp in, presumably. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna uh, use Quicken Spell to cast uh, Dissonant Whispers, um, which is a first level spell. Um and he needs to make a wisdom saving throw again. Of what? Uh, it needs to be a 13. <coughs> you got five. <laughs> Great. Uh, let me just see how many sorcery points I need to... Okay. Let's do... That's fine. Uh, so, he takes... Oh, wow. Takes 3d6 psychic damage... Uh, and must immediately use its reaction to move as far as its speed allows away from you. So I'm right at the door, so he needs to, like, 
back away from me to the wall. Um, yep, yep, yep. The creature doesn't move into obviously dangerous ground. Uh, yeah, uh, so he takes 3d6 damage. Um, Psychic damage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's 15 damage. 15 damage as you suddenly see uh, Hanash a bit like being in an arm wrestle with somebody You're, you, the two of you are head to head almost like the tension between the two sets of muscles pushing against you as you suddenly feel his strength eroding Hanash and your hand is pushing further and further down on him as you look over and you see Stitch to one side like whispering in the creepiest fucking way you've ever seen as black smoke is billowing. It's no longer cigarette smoke. This is like black smoke is billowing out of Stitch's eyes, ears, nose and mouth as the smoke rolls along the floor, comes up the front of Jarl and goes in through his eyes, ears, nose and mouth as you hear him suddenly whimpering and his strength just leaves him as he cowers backwards and just rolls back into the corner of the room and just curls up his knees over the front of his face rocking backwards and forwards as you look down Hanash and you've just got a piece of like you just see the word dad through your hand it says D on one side D on the other and the A is in the middle of your middle of your hand Uh, I say to Stitch I love it when you whisper sweet nothings (laughs) I go. Now it's my turn. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna essentially corner him in in that corner of the in that corner of the room. So essentially, he can't get away from being terrified by me. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna point at him and I'm gonna say, "Now, Mister Fap Twatter." I love the way that yet. you were being really like. You had to look at your notebook there. <laughs> like, I because I can't remember whether thwap, it was thwatter or thwap, thwap tatter. Um, yeah. Now, Mr. Thap Twatter, we're going to do this again. If we can get it right. Leave me alone. Get out of my head. Uh, I'm going to cast. Uh, oh, actually, no, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to cast. I'm going to use um, uh, telepathic speech. Um, Essentially, I'm trying to intimidate him by uh, just convincing him essentially that he's he's going insane. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna like whisper like whisper laugh in his in his mind to like and just gradually gradually get louder until it's like a screaming laughter in his mind um, and try and intimidate him. Into, into giving us what we want. Solid. <laughs> Make me an intimidation check with advantage. He's missing both of his eyebrows. He's all sorts of bashed up and smashed up, and uh, you've just eroded his mental barriers. Oh, that's a 21. 21, as you just hear him, he's like, no, 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 as, as you just see him like rocking backwards and forwards, he just starts like clawing and scratching at his own face. You see, he's now like gouging cuts into his own face. He's like, get, get, now make it stop. I'll tell you. I'll make it stop, young man. 
When you give us what we need. What do you want to know? As you see him clawing, he's like tearing off chunks. He's just got like blood rivulin down the front of his face. Uh, I just, uh, I just say. As you you now see the double window breaks. Finally, the the spiderweb collapses, and you just see the rest of the police station looking at you two. Uh, I was going to tell Hanash to get out so that I can take the blame. <laughs> oh, um, I'm going to say, um, uh, I'm just going to say, tell us where the tabaxi girl is and I'll make the pain go away. She's, she's, she's on the dock side. She's, I make it stop. Yes. Okay. Uh, just, I'm just going to like pat him on the side of the face uh, and then, and then walk out. Um, I guess I'll cancel the spell as I walk out. Uh, you you just see him collapse on the floor. His chest is just slowly moving upwards and downwards as he stares glass-eyed at the ceiling. The, the ceiling of the room is made up of all those like shitty little office panels that you get all held together on a kind of like suspension as he's just staring up at glassy-eyed, just saying, I'll tell you anything you want to know, anything you want to know, anything you want to make, just, just leave me alone. Leave me alone. Did you say that the, the glass smashed? Oh, it right. finally fell apart under its own weight, yeah. I was going to lock the door behind us so that he couldn't get out, but I guess I'm just... Uh, uh, the do. And I, I walk out of the room, I assume that you're following, I guess. Yes. Um, and I, I just say, Monash, my young friend, it's time we take a little trip to the docks. <laughs> Um, I, I, as we walk out like ah what a klutz <laughs> as you go to walk out two things happen first McGee who you saw in the ra- turns up with two coffees in the broken window and is like need refreshments because oh. he's got like two mugs of coffee and a Danish on top of each thank you McGee very much appreciated my man and secondly <laughs> secondly Y- Yarl Thwap Tratter is like lying on the floor. He's like, don't you actually want to know where she is in the dockside? One more thing, Thwap <laughs> Tratter. Be a little more specific. The dockside, as I now remember, in my mind, is quite a big place. I'm just looking for Yes, it. it is. She, She's on the Manky Mermaid. The man- in a crate. In a crate, you say. Marked up as... Winkles. As Winkles, you say. Winkles. Okay. The monkey. I'm shipping her off. I'm shipping her off to lands afar. What we don't need is a fucking furry MP. Nobody needs a furry MP. Yeah. Not a mare. Nobody needs a furry mare. Fuck that shit. I shipped her daughter off to lands afar on the monkey mermaid in a crate marked as Winkles. Right you are, young man. McGee, see that this man is taken to a a different cell and kept under guard until we return. You don't have to worry about the outside life anymore. That doesn't apply to you. You've got got bigger bigger fish now to worry about. Fuck you, Smith. Fuck you. As you see out of his ruined eye, he goes to, like, push himself up on one hand and just collapses back onto the floor. As uh, he's a broken man, as the pair of you now know where you need to go, we we rush off. We rush off to the to the dockside. Uh, in, in our 
um, motorbike and sidecar. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. You burst out through the front the, the door of the interrogation um, room. Uh, you bump into Commissioner Jonesy, who's looking at you. He's like, oh, what the fuck have you done? She looks like in there and all the kind of blood and coffee. And she's like, just go, go get the fucking kitten. We will deal with this later. Get the fucking kitten. Right you are, Commissioner. Anash to the town car. <laughs> As you both make your way through the rec room, out the back doors into the municipal Nutbush police station car park, you, well, it's not a car park because cars don't exist in this universe. As you make your way through the double doors at the back of the rec room, you make your way through into a yard at the back, which is stables as you look all the way down the horses until you find your horse. Hanash, you have a giant chestnut mare of a horse which is already saddled. And the best bit is there's a side saddle just for Stitch. He's got his own little, like, pod on the side of your of your horse. As he's clearly too small to ride uh, on a horse at this scale, you... You do that thing that Legolas does in Lord of the Rings where you run at your horse and jump up it off off the back and land into the saddle as you lift with your good hand, not with your bad hand that's still got a piece of ceramic that says dad sticking out of you. Still got a piece of your dad sticking out of you. As you pick up Stitch, you put him in his little side saddle. Um, it's almost like, do you know um, the rear mount on a World War II bomber? There's like the machine gun pod, like on the back. Yeah, of, yeah it's almost like one of those little pods on the side. I'm just picturing like a full-on baby Bjorn on like the front of Honash. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, my green friend. <laughs> um, your your um, your horse is called Smithers. <laughs> Come on, Smithers. Yeah, I thought you were gonna do a one rope like Daryl impression then. <laughs> oh, Roach! Roach! Um, so I crack the whip and drift out of the drift out of the stables. <laughs> I know. Put it in gear. <laughs> um, right, make me an animal handling check. I keep it in second the whole way. <laughs> uh, I got a seven. Hanash is is in the saddle backwards as Stitch is like I think maybe is that my friend I don't mean to be I don't mean to be mother I think I think your horse is pointing the wrong way I know my horse boy (laughs) horse just runs into the wall (laughs) (laughs) as a horse just falls over sideways (laughs) no I as you, you, you basically, the horse is jittery. Now, the thing about horses is, I know fuck all about horses. My sister owns several horses and is a big uh, lover of all things equine. I know nothing about horses, but one of the things I think I know about horses is they're very good at sensing their rider's emotions. And um, Smithers can sense the anger and the pain that's going on at the moment. So um, you have to take a moment to calm Smithers and the emotion of what you're feeling as you finally manage to to gee up the horse as you get it to, to burst out of the stables as you make your way onto the busy Nutbush streets and you find yourselves, you know, it's the early morning traders are about now and you see all sorts of like hackney carriages and horses and citizens 
as you're weaving your way through the busy streets um, towards the dockside where the fish packing district is. Now then, you come up to a busy junction and the lights are red for you. There's currently a traffic guard who's got a sign saying stop. As you see, a steady flow of traffic is coming across you. Carriages, horses. I take out my police badge as I assume Hanash is going to shout at him to tell him to let us pass. Uh, and I just hold it out in front of me on the baby beyond. I tell Stitch to make the siren noises. I go... <laughs> make me a persuasion check. Make me a persuasion check with advantage to the traffic warden. Oh fuck! Uh, ten. Ten. As he he's like half asleep. He's like, "What are you? What is even going on? Look, it's too early in the morning for this bullshit." Look at the badge, you fool! He's like, oh, "All right." As he turns around and he 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 has to try and like slow down traffic, but the, the there's already momentum going on. He's he's an absolute job's worth. As he's trying to stop the flow of traffic. And you see it start, it's going to take minutes like for the two lanes of traffic to, you know, one to stop and one to start. Um, I, um, shout at, I shout at, at Hanash next to me. I shout, hit the gas. Trust me, my boy. I reluctantly like, yeah. As the horse rocks back on its two hind feet in a hi-ho silver kind of way, as um, Stitch, you feel the gravity like fall out of you as you're like in midair, like rocking back on a chair. As you blaze forward, you see now a cart coming from one side and you see two people carrying a sheet of glass coming the other way. As you, <laughs> I, need you to make me an, I need you to make me an animal handling check. It could have been somebody with a crate full of melons or somebody pushing a shopping trolley. But, you know, all of these things are legitimate. These fucking rolls, man. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cast... Okay, you see if you'll let me do this. You see if you'll let me do this. Uh, if I can if I can feel the... If I can see the, the cart coming towards us, I'm going to cast... I'm going to cast shield on the horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes it more difficult to hit the horse, essentially. Or, like, more difficult to actually damage the horse. Um, do with that what you will. What what role did you get? Seven. Seven. Very mediocre. So as you attempt to rein in the horse, you see the momentum is already with you. You can't slow down in time. As in the little baby Bjorn pod on the side, uh, Stitch mumbles some words. You see the Stitch's eyes go like all sorts of different colours. As um, the front, there's almost like an Aegea shield on the front of the horse. As as Smithers and you smash through first the sheet of glass with the two people on either side and then the cart just turns into splinters as almost like a tungsten tip bullet or something like that you just smash through the rows of traffic leaving splinters and screams as you're like an armor piercing bullet you burst out onto the other side like roaring there's almost sparks coming off the cobbles with your hooves coming out of the horse's eyes you say yeah. you save one girl you kill a family you know what you, what you do <laughs> as you you are now like several blocks away from the the dockside 
you're just weaving you know the night the night air is rushing past you as you hear screams and yelps from pedestrians as they try and get out of your way at one point you mount the pavement and just smash through a newsstand as you just see papers flying everywhere as there's just like a little gnome holding a paper just like hey there's papers just splash around all over the place as you burst out onto the front of the dockside you just see full of like navvies and sailors just you know lifting coils of ropes and crates one way and another you see all sorts of different ships boarding and disembarking um, and you see various like civilians wandering around and also lots of warehouses with the rollers up at the front with all sorts of different goods and stuff coming and going there's also all sorts of like random shady looking people like you know denizens of the night wandering around it's so that weird crossover where like the criminal underworld goes to bed just as genuine workers get up do we know where the monkey mermaid is i uh it's a ship i oh it's a ship oh okay Uh, um i um i shout to to one of the one of the people that looks like a dock worker not one of the shady fucking people. One of the fucking dark workers. <laughs> um, uh, I, I just shout, Excuse me, could you point us in the direction of the manky mermaid? And I take my police badge and show it to him. He looks at you. He's a burly sailor with all sorts of like accompanying tattoos of anchors and things like that and various mermaids in erotic positions. As uh, there's, there's, a, there's a porpoise doing obscene things tattooed on one of his arms. As uh, he's like, never heard of it, mate. Sorry, would do if I could do. Thank you for your time, sir. Um, is there a like a harbour master, like a harbour master's office or something nearby? Do we know where? Yeah, I am? yeah. You can see the harbour master's office, like a hundred feet up on the right, in between two warehouses. While we're still on the horse, I look up at Hunash and just like tap him on the shoulder and say, "To the harbour master's office." Yeah, Both haste. Uh, yeah, I like kick the horse in such a way that it just charges there. <laughs> you mean you carefully talk to the horse, and as a partnership between rider and animal, you convince it to do its police duty? No, I kick it. We definitely. <laughs> oh, dear lord. No, no fictitious animals were harmed in the making of this shenanigans um as you yeah well however through one means or another you 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 blaze your way through the dockside just knocking people to one side you know just knocking crates of fish and ice over as you make your way to the harbour master's office dismounting you almost hurl stitch through the door like the door wallops back off its hinges shattering the pane of glass which used to have the words harbour master etched on it as you just see a burly man with a like twee moustache uh, standing behind a desk with piles and sheets of paper stacked high as he's like, the hell are you doing? And I take out, I, I've already got the police badge out again. There's a pocket for it in the baby beyond. Um, I take it out <laughs> and I, I, say, I say, good morning, sir. Uh, could you please point us in the direction of the manky mermaid? It's very important police business, I'm afraid. What? I, I think you just missed it. It's It's leaving. It's, it's over Leave there, it. and he points just three ships over, and you see it's they're just about starting to... Uh, the plank's coming up as he's like, it's departing. <sighs> we must away. I turn around and run back to the run back to the horse, and I go, Oh, no, 
track of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pick Stitch up and like throw him back in his little caddy. Yeah. And I go, yeah, away. <laughs> Under us. As you throw Stitch in, Stitch goes in head first, so there's just two goblin feet sticking out of the caddy. He's in the baby Bjorn like, upside down. I've said that this before. This is where my groin goes. <laughs> 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 As it you make your way, like you just see you see you see the ropes come up, you see the ship just leaving as you blazing towards it. You're about twenty feet away from the edge of the dock now. It's just departing. What are you doing? So is there is there a ramp that I could There used to be. The ramp's been Can I too fast, too furious this mother? Make make me a very quick investigation no perception you're going to perceive what's around you 15 you see that one of the it's traveling in parallel with a harbor wall to one side which towers over it by 50 feet is there an access point to this harbor wall does it gradually incline yes okay it gradually inclines and you see um you see there's a checkpoint on the harbour wall where um, there's like a barrier or something like that like to prevent civilians wandering off the harbour wall and falling into the... How wide is the harbour wall? Like, could it fit a horse or do we need to dis... Oh, absolutely. It's about 20 foot across, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Up yeah. the harbour wall. Up the harbour wall, ride the horse onto the ship. Oh, dear God. Um, This is going to get interesting. Right, I'm going to need you... First of all, to make me an animal handling check to see whether you can convince the horse to even do this. 16, it's convinced. <laughs> Consider the horse <laughs> And then I'm going to need you to make me an acrobatics check. Fuck! Seven. Seven. Um, as you blaze your way up the... Um, you make your way up the harbour wall using the horse to vault the bar which prevents access to the harbour wall. You both land with a thud as you basically um, sp- um, gallop, at absolute like top gallop with the horse. You're like speaking, you lean down, almost streamlining yourself in line with the head of the horse as you're whispering to Smithers to do its duty as a police officer. As you make your way to the end of the... Um, harbour wall you leap arcing through the air as you get to the zenith you realise you're going to you're going to undershoot as you find yourself at the peak heading towards the boat you're going to have to toss me (laughs) at the peak of your arc with you and Smithers I will give you an action both of you Uh, I'm going to Hang on, hang on. If you don't do anything, you're going to miss the boat by about 10 feet. Is there anything that I could attach some rope to? Yeah, can I can I grab one of the ropes off the ship? Did you say it's about 10 feet away? Yeah. Can I use Mayachan to grab one of the ropes off there and pull it towards us so that Hanash can grab onto it? There's plenty of ropes. So you're now above. You're in line with the top. You're in line with the top of the masts. So you can see all the ropes that are hanging off the sails. Can I grab one of those and pull it over towards us so that Hanash can grab it? Yeah, make me a dexterity check. Skill check. Uh, 12. You 
see the you you see the rope you grab onto it um, as you pull it towards you Hanash grabs the rope you are still upside down in the horse as Hanash grabs onto the rope and you and the horse vanish into the harbour wait I'm clipped so now we've got two scenarios I'm in, I'm in the fucking baby beyond man I'm clipped onto him I thought the baby beyond was on the horse what kind of baby beyond is on a horse I just thought you were in a baby Bjorn on the hook. I'm from my point of view. You, you... I'm small enough to be like on his, essentially on his chest. Let me just think quickly. So you got a twelve. Let's say for the sake of it, you're in a baby Bjorn to the front of Hanash. Hanash grabs onto the rope as you let go of the horse. The horse plummets into the harbour waters as you see Smithers hit the water. <laughs> As both of you swing down on the rope and splat into the deck of the Mankey Mermaid, the wind knocked out of both of you, you hear an ungodly yelp from the side as you see Smithers, like, treading water. Hang in there, Smithers! All the sailors rush to the side of the boat to look over the edge. Are we, are we on the deck now? You're on the top deck now, like, peeling yourself off, like, coughing. You can feel like a broken rib as you go to pull a cigarette out of the pack and it's just snapped as you put like a broken cigarette into your mouth and just light the like it's broken off at an angle like a broken limb as as i hear hanash crying i'm like i know my friend it's it's very it's terrible what happened all my cigarettes are gone <laughs> um i'm gonna i'm gonna look at uh, one of the sailors and say Excuse me, could you point us in the direction of the captain, please? We've got some police business to take care of. He's not interested. He's looking at the horse, which is currently, like, thrashing around in the harbour. All right, I'm going to go find the captain. <laughs> what are you doing, Hanash? Um, I'm following him, but I've got my gun out, and I'm kind of, like, just making sure, like... <laughs> you, you're both just going to leave Smithers to drown in the harbour. We're looking for a kidnapped kid. You two are fucking the worst. As you see, for the sake of narrative, you see sailors dive into the water to try and rescue the horse. You see people getting nets and ropes out. As you two just hanash with still with a piece of ceramic saying dad sticking out of his hand, like holding on to his side, like Stitch smoking a broken cigarette in one mouth as you make your way onto the deck to the man at the wheel you establish where the captain is who turns around he's wearing a trihorn hat because that's the only way you know naval captains tricorn not trihorn as uh, you hear helpful it's a fantasy universe it can be called i'm joking tricorn hat he's wearing a tricorn hat as he looks at you barrel chested I'm going to say, uh, sorry, Captain, but you're going to have to take this ship back into port. We need to have a look around in your cargo. As, as he looks at you, he's like, All right, what manner of ship is this? You fucking you fucked up my ship. I don't think we have. Look at my fucking sailors. All my fucking sailors are in the water. You wee shite. Well, I mean, you're having to turn around anyway, so it makes sense that your sailors would already be in the water. If anything, they're just doing their civic duty. I hate police officers. As he 
shouts at his to, to like pull the sails up and you know the boat slowly like slows down uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say where can we find your cargo captain well, where do you think I fucking find it down below as he points down to a hatch one more word out of turn from you and I'll put you over the edge of this boat and, so uh, the weird thing is this I mean if you really are going with your baby Bjorn thing this is like fucking like um Total Recall, where like that guy opens his shirt and there's just a little baby in his chest. <laughs> oh, I was, your, I, your I, fu- I've unclipped myself now that we're on on the oh, show. God. I, so you, you're not lecturing a man from a fucking like baby Bjorn. That would be even funnier. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna wander off to uh, below decks to look at the cargo. And say, are you, are you with me, Halash? Or do you want to stay up here? I won't play with this shit. <laughs> no, I say, yeah, As man. you make your way down, you you see them. They're, they're winching the horse back out of the harbour. Uh, the concerned sailors have managed to jerry-rig a winch and they're pulling Smithers out. You just see Smithers giving you a shit-eating look from across the harbour wall. We're going to be hearing about this all day. <laughs> um, Smithers, my beautiful boy. Yeah, we go down below deck. As you make your way down into the hold, you chat, you, you you make your way, it's all fish on this boat, as you ascertain where the winkles are, you find five crates of winkles. Um, can I, using my uh, telepathic speech, um, if we can see the five crates, can I reach out with my mind and see if I can ascertain which one has got the kid in? Uh, yes, as you use... What's it called? Telepathic speech. Telepathic speech. So the first thing you notice is that they've packed the Winkles alive as you reach oh, out into the crates like and you just hear thousands of little Winkles who are like, hello, 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 no, <laughs> As you just hear thousands of, like, Winkles. As I, you just you go to the next crate and you just hear a little voice like, hello, hello, what they be? As you hear all the little, like, Winkles... <laughs> Jowers. As you make your way to, as you make your way to the third, you just hear a whimpering and a crying okay, coming I'll, from it. I turn to Hanash and I say, "This one, my boy, open the crate." <laughs> I get smashed and I remember what we're doing, <laughs> and then I get out of my crowbar. <laughs> just gets out his gun and just shoots. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to open locks. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I how, open how are you? It. How, and, and, and I find a winkle. I didn't, oh, I just found a winkle, a sad winkle. That's like, <laughs> let me out, let me out. Whimpering away. As, as you crack open the crate, you just see a layer of winkles. As you scrape the winkles to one side, um, Stitch, you just hear like thousands of little voices like, leave me alone. <laughs> as you, you see, at first you see a little tail and then you see the like fetal position of a small child like in there as you see the tiny little body of Dropsy. I mean, I'm too small. I I can't I can't even make it to the top of the crate. I'm like, is she? You're in, in the crate. You've been put inside the crate. Me? <laughs> yeah. Hey. I, I I'm, I'm gonna. Okay, so if I've been put inside the crate, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, turn to the child and and just like put my put my hand on her back and say, Don't worry, child. I'm with the police. I'm here to take you back to your parents. I've been in here for t- 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 24 hours. It's fucking freezing. 
I'm so sorry. I was going to die. Can I um, can I use prestidigitation to like um, a blast of hot air or something to like try and dry her off a bit? Yeah, as you as you cook all the winkles, like you're in like a uh, like you're in a convection heater. You just fry all the winkles as you hear thousands <laughs> of little voices. <laughs> As all the winkles pop like popcorn around her. It's a fucking oven. She dries out. You know, like how when fur like goes poof, as she like poofs out. Mm. As Hanash, you scoop up both Switch, Stitch even. Yeah. As you scoop up uh, Stitch and um, Dropsy in your arms, I, uh, I... you see the look of relief in the child's face. I carry them both over my shoulder and go to the captain, like, turn the ship around, we're going ashore. As the captain slowly turns the ship down, you see Dropsy is just, like, crying in your arms, Hanash. As you make your way down the plank, you see there's now a party of people gathered. At the front of the party of people, you see Commissioner Jonesy, as she's like, What the merry hell have you done, you two dipshits? Do you have any idea? I said... Keep this low key. Did not no, say ride no, a horse into the fucking. I'm afraid what I think you said was that we had to retrieve the child by any means necessary. Well, you got the child back, and that is in your favor. As you see, the little child jumps out of Hanash's arms and just sprints back to its parents, who scoop up Dropsy. As the both of you are left standing on the dockside, both like broken and bleeding. Um, Stitch, you you just like brush winkles out of the front of your shirt. The crumpled cigarette still in one side of your mouth. Hanash, you pull the piece of ceramic out of your hand that just says dad on it. And I throw it in the water. (laughs) I I go go to the mayor elect and I'm so glad you're reunited with your door. I may need a pardon. And that's where we're going to leave this episode. <laughs> oh, dearie man. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Fucking wild. Oh, that was good. Uh, I'm, I'm so I very much to, enjoyed that. To reprise the role of Stitch Willow. <laughs> Just... that, that was a lot of fun. I wasn't quite sure how that harbour wall moment was going to work out, but that I love the baby Bjorn. <laughs> that was brilliant. I, I love the idea of big cop, little cop. <laughs> I also liked I really liked the way Hanash had two sides to him he had good cop where he was trying to rationalise everything and talk his way out of it and then he had brutal cop where he just tries to like break that's bones. why I wanted you to be a good cop at first because yeah. I knew at some point you'd go full on <laughs> I was like is this the moment where Hanash gets kicked out of the police force <laughs> yeah like, I was thinking this, that because yeah. I was, was going to try and convince people that it was me instead yeah. um and then I was going to go back to the police station and just like I was going to I was going to do like an intense moment at the end where I take out my police badge, leave it on the desk with like my gun, walk back into that cell, lock it, and just continue torturing that guy because <laughs> I was like, "You let a kid get taken away." Um, but yeah, maybe he does that. Maybe he does that between one shots. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. That's about all we can hope to achieve for today so let's draw a line under this adventure just worth saying that if you've made it this far why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing another episode again 
But yet, if you're feeling fruity, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? All your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards helping spread the word of our misadventures far and wide. If you fancy chatting to us about anything we've said today, you can find us on Twitter. That's probably the best place to get hold of us, and that's at adventurersano number one. But you can also find us on Instagram and Facebook if you look hard enough. That probably just leaves us time to say a huge goodbye. It's a big goodbye from Hanash himself, Mr. Chris Rag. Goodbye! And a big goodbye from his diminutive friend, the deadly Stitch Willow Tip. Goodbye, my friends. And a big goodbye from AJ, myself, the DM. We are all off to rewatch old episodes of Cracker. With any luck, we'll see you back here next week. Happy adventuring, my friends. And remember... Stay tipsy. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week, listeners. Bye.